0: Hi, and welcome to today's edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. My name is Rail Bricker, coming to you from Perth, Western Australia. And with me today is my special guest from Canada, Dr. Tommy Mitchell. For a value added extra, excellencepodcast.com has heaps of free resources for you to download. That is excellencepodcast.com. Now, Tommy's background says that she is a mental health and wellness coach, a speaker and a writer. Welcome, Tommy. Thank you for having me. And so, you know, we we were talking before we started recording and and you spoke about that the world is a stressed place and mental health is becoming a bigger and bigger crisis issue. And, And you made a comment there that said, you know, we're going to see it even worse in the next 12 months. Why is that?
1: Because the shock hasn't come yet. The pandemic is still going on. And when really those businesses that have been hanging on by a thread fall apart, when relationships fall apart, job security, just the realization of, wow, I've gone through two years of this, especially if you've lost loved ones, and plus you're dealing with your own chronic illnesses then I really think, well, I strongly believe we are going to have a huge spike in mental health crisis.
0: Okay. And so, you know, I mean, what are practical things that people can do? Now you come out of a, of a medical background, you know, a a general practice background and, you know, reading up on your background, you actually burnt yourself out. Yes, I did. And then you know, have moved obviously the last few years into mental health. So so yes. what, what do we do to guard our own mental health to, to create an environment that 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 protects us?
1: Okay. So the first thing is you got to have a growth mindset that you can achieve things, that you are capable and you are accountable. Okay, it starts there. Then you have to tell yourself yes to self, meaning you have to prioritize your physical and mental well-being every day, every week. You must have time for yourself because it's so easy to stuff your day with work and responsibilities and really not recharge that part of you. Okay. Then the next thing, which many people lack, is the taking empowered action. And taking empowered action means actually taking the steps to evaluate what's going on, to ask yourself, like we say, are you okay? And if you're not okay, what is causing you to feel this way? Right? And consider what the challenges or roadblocks are and find out practical strategies to help you. And if you're struggling and you're not being able to do this on your own, find support, find a therapist, find, talk to your doctor, find a coach, but please, get help.
0: So so let me ask you a question. It, you know, I'm in my 50s. I grew up in a, in a world environment that said men don't cry, boys don't cry. Yes. Okay. And, and coming out of that is is the fact that I read some statistics that you know one in five men I don't know the, the, the woman's statistic and that's not being sexist but but obviously you know being be, being male that one in five men suffer from 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 severe mental illness and are not seeking treatment you know I mean is there a, is there a difference or is just is, is this just overtaking everybody now?
1: Well there's definitely been an increase in mental health crisis globally unfortunately for men like you mentioned we're you know we're told boys don't cry you know don't be a sissy right so from an early age you were basically told to repress your feelings and they sit and ruminate and fester and you know they can come out down the road as anger frustration you know so i'm not surprised we see it often in men though we also see it in women too but men's mental health is often overlooked, I do find.
0: Well, an in interesting thing. I, I, years ago in one of my businesses, I, I had a couple of clients who worked as prison gods. Yes. And they'd worked both in the men's prison and the women's prison. And it was startling for them, well, for me to find out the differences. Yes. He said that, that men, if they're frustrated or angry, will take it out on somebody else. And, you know, they'll have a fight. And yes. after the fight, they'll they won't quite go off to the pub and have a beer because they're in prison, but they'll they'll sort of be okay. Whereas yeah. he, she said the women were doing a lot of self harm because they that to protect themselves they'd put up these barriers so they didn't feel, and yes. were actually trying to harm themselves so they could feel. Is that and this was fifteen years ago? Have things changed?
1: No, not a whole lot. Women are definitely hurting themselves. But I mean, I find women, and this is in relationships in general, they tend to hold it within them and don't bring it out, but it comes out in a passive-aggressive type of way, right? Or it comes in sparks here and there at their partner, at the kid, at whoever, right? Men being more physical do tend to bring it out in a very physical way, But until both sexes actually deal with what is the underlying cause of the
0: problem, both will continue to suffer in all aspects of their lives. Okay. And I mean, has has the increase in mental health caused an increase in domestic violence?
1: Yes, in a way. So last year, at least in many parts of Canada, there was a huge spike in domestic violence cases. Now, some would say it's because people are stuck in their homes and unable to get out and they don't have those outlets right the kids are not in school and not going to work but yes even if you take that out i would say yes mental health there are there are people that suffer with mental health that are physically abusive because it takes a special type of psyche to actually raise your hand towards their partner that's not normal
0: behavior and and we you know you spoke about the pandemic and the impact of the pandemic. Um, I'm seeing lots of couples who don't know how to talk to each other, mm-hmm. and suddenly they've actually had to be, as you said, locked up in the same house um, for for months on end, and and obviously unless you're in a, you know, an an environment where you you have a large property or a large house and you have separate spaces where you can work from. But, you know, when the whole family and the kids are doing schooling and everyone's working around the the kitchen table, uh, that must have created incredible stress. And, you know, you said we haven't seen the effects of that, really.
1: No, we haven't fully yet. So, yeah, again, this boils down to this communication piece. Men tend to bottle it up or may lash out in anger. Maybe that the dog, you dumb dog, like, but really they're mad at something else. And women do it up, too. So that's a recipe for disaster. So people are not communicating their feelings. They're not expressing themselves. Okay. So then you put them together when they're all grouped up. Well, there's no outlet. And then,
0: well, chaos ensues. Okay. So, so you did this shift, you know, what, what is a mental health and wellness coach? I mean, that's what you brand yourself as, you know, um, and, and who is seeking you out?
1: That's a very good question. So I have over a decade of experience as a family physician. And I had I have a gigantic practice, like 5000 patients. I've done ER work, then deliveries, like from basically from conception to death. So I found it very hard to pick one little area to talk about, but mental health is the foundation of all health. And once you have mental health and wellness, you're complete. Because the other term I actually um, coined my, myself is a holistic wellness strategist. Now, that's what how I see it. But to layperson, it's a mental health and wellness coach. So the holistic part refers to the wellness wheel and the different components of our health. And if you address each part, you will be balanced and healthy. The problem is most people favor one. Maybe they find they favor their financial health but then they totally neglect the physical, and emotional, right? And they're
0: unbalanced. I mean, how how important, you said the physical day, how important are endorphins in managing mental health? Well, like
1: it's all part of the wheel,
0: okay. right? You know, because I mean, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm an endorphin junkie, okay? You know, give me, give, give, give me a hundred kilometer cycle. That's what I'm going to go and do is the hundred kilometer cycle. Just because I enjoy the challenge. Yes. I, you know, I still play high level hockey. That's not the stuff you play in Canada on the white <laughs> surface. Okay. Listen. Yeah. No,
1: I don't care for the white stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is the round ball on the green surface. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I still play hockey and, and I'm well into my fifties. I um, I probably have a few more injuries, but I enjoy, you know, someone said to me, what do I enjoy about hockey? And I said, I enjoy being sore and stiff the next day after the game. Yes. Um, Because that's my adrenaline high. That's my endorphin high. Um, You know, is it a good thing to be? in? in,
1: It is a good thing, but that doesn't substitute actually dealing with the issue. A lot of men, for example, they go out, as I call it, um, hit balls with sticks, a.k.a. go, go golfing. <laughs> that's yeah. how they get their frustrations out. But they're not actually dealing with the problem. So, yeah, they get that high, but they still go home with the angry wife, the situation that's happening, the dog's barking, so they're still angry, right? Okay. So, the, yes, the high is good, but that doesn't substitute solving the problem.
0: Okay, fair enough. And, and I've never thought of it like that, and that's a, that's a great explanation. So Thank what's you. the biggest challenge your clients have? You know, you, you've been working with them for a long time, one-on-one yes. one coaching.
1: Their biggest challenge is they, they, they lie to themselves. They're not honest with themselves. And so often, they are their worst enemy. Okay. So they and lie. the lotus control isn't actually there. It's in their court. But they like to say, you know, push it off to, oh, it's something else. Oh, it's something else. At the end of the day, a lot of people are in control of their own schedules. They do this to themselves because it feels good to not take active, like it's much easier to sit and veg and not look at oneself with a critical eye than to be in denial and just find unhealthy habits or healthy coping strategies. It's the path of least resistance, it takes work.
0: Okay, so so. The question is, who are the hardest people to talk to? Who are the hardest people to work with?
1: Good question. Well, if you're in a state of denial and when it's everyone else's fault, actually, let me I think of it this way. The hardest people to work with are the people who are content in their ways where they haven't hit the pain point yet that forces them to make the change. So as long as they're getting some type of satisfaction from the way they're where they're living, they won't change. Like the easiest people to work with is someone who's about to get divorced if they don't smarten up. Someone who just had a heart attack, something like you, unless it's a very unique person who is extremely driven, like that's different, but they have to be uncomfortable where they are. Unless you are 10 out of 10 motivated to make the change, you will not make the change consistently
0: and get the transformation you need. Well, I was talking to a guy yesterday who runs a big psychology practice here yes. in, in Australia. And he had an interesting concept. He said to me, he started a wellness clinic, et cetera, and, mo- and, and, and uh, mindfulness. He said, because people came to him or his therapists at a point where they were 40% or 30% good on a, on, on a scale. Yes. but then they get to 70 and then they go, I'm okay now yeah and 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 so so the challenge I think of mental health and and I'd love your opinion is is it's this intervention, but it needs to be an intervention with an ongoing process where a lot of people just get the intervention to get them over a hump and then they're good to go.
1: Exactly. So the mental health piece has to start from infancy. The nurturing environment where you're encouraged to express your emotions in a healthy way, right? What happens, what the model now is someone has a mental health crisis, they're put in a hospital, they're stabilized, and thrown right back in the situation that that got them there. (laughs) Like, that makes sense. Yeah. And there has to be accountability. So that means that we have to actually stop this whole politically correct
0: sugarcoating thing that we do in society. You've got to be real. Yeah, agreed. And and I mean, people need to be, and and it is happening more and more, being encouraged to talk about, you know, mental health. And uh, unfortunately, you know, a friend of mine's uh, son is is, is a brilliant singer. And he applied to be on one of these TV shows, you know, these talent search TV. Yes. And in the interview process, they questioned him. oh, were you abused as a child, you know, were you bullied as a child because you're so artistic? Because they were looking for a hero story, a hero journey to use as their hook to attract people to him. Now, Now, isn't that just causing the reverse problem here? Yes, Exactly. You know, they, they they thought, well, he's great, he's talented, we we happy with that, but we need a story that's gonna ignite the hearts of the people. He can't just be a normal kid who grew up in the suburbs.
1: Exactly. They're glorifying drama. Yeah, the dysfunction.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that just struck me as just weird, but yeah. I understood the I understood the TV background to that. Um, yeah. meditation and mindfulness. Yes. Okay. How does that, you know, how does that fit into this whole process?
1: Okay. So I actually um, yeah, so meditation and mindfulness is great, but not on its own. Like I w- I had this reel, I posted it on Instagram and I'm kind of poking fun of that concept. Like, you know, you know, to be mentally healthy, you just have to meditate, practice yoga and drink chai latte. Like, no, 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 no. That's that's fluff. Okay, that's why the society is where we are. Everyone's wearing Lululemon pants, yoga pants, and in their Shavasana, whatever it is, and they're they're extremely mentally challenged. I don't even think 40% of... It's not even one in five. I would say about 4.5 out of five are suffering
0: when you actually dig deep. Okay, and so... So, if the answer isn't, you know, it, well, it's part of the answer, mindfulness yes. meditation, you know, it, is, is medication the answer too? It's all
1: part of the answer. For some people, they definitely need medication. Like, there is a clear imbalance. P- part of the answer is also diet. What are you eating? Junk in, junk out. Our diet is so processed, right? That's, so, that's another area that I discuss with my clients. Physical activity. That one gets a lot of us. Like in Can, in Canada, I think it's at least three quarters or close to it are either overweight or obese, right? So that's a struggle for a lot of people, especially in develop- developed countries, right? The in- So there's also the intellectual health. What are you doing to stimulate your brain? Are you just going in brain fog sitting in front of your TV? watching whatever's next idol or Netflix or some bachelor or whatever it is you watch some soap, are you actually stimulating that creative side of you? Again, this goes back to the wellness wheel and you, do you have an accountability system in place? Because let's face it, which professional athlete went without a coach? None of them. They all had coaches. Why accountability? We all need it. We're inherently not the most productive people. It's easy to be, you know, lazy, complacent. Yeah.:
0: Well, it's interesting. So one of the top tennis players in, in, in Australia um, has, has, has had a number of coaches over time, and he's played he played at Wimbledon in the I don't know quarterfinals, no not quarter, you know, maybe the quarters of the round of 16. He's played in the U.S Open, etc. And he proudly talks about not having a coach. Mm -hmm. But you see some incredible volatility from him for exactly that same reason. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I commented on it the other day. Someone was talking about coaches and everyone has a coach. And I thought this is a – at least, look, he stands out because he claims not to have a coach. But um, let me – one of the hashtags on your your, uh, LinkedIn profile really struck me. Yes. I uh, struck a chord my ex my you know my South African roots and that was you said uh, and I've got to find the the tag was was that uh, racism is a mental health issue. Do you yes. want to expand on that?
1: Yes. Yeah, so racism is a problem. You know, it's very easy for countries to kind of like, oh, it's that country and not really look within and see each individuals implicit biases, etc. So racism affects one's mental health, and I can speak that for myself. That definitely did, or and or pure ignorance, you know. So, so many marginalized people or minorities are being treated less than the less than they should be, right? Less care. You know, unfair experiences in the judicial system, education, trying to find loans to raise their, to to grow their businesses. I, that's a very personal area that, like I said, I have begged for my life as a patient. I have begged people to listen to me when my daughter wasn't breathing in the hospital and she's seizing and her oxygen level is tanking to 51% over 12 hours. And they poo-pooed me. People have walked out of me when I'm bleeding to death, and I know if I had been a different color skin, that wouldn't have been the case.
0: And that's you know sitting here in Australia, and 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 Australia has you know quite a racist past. Yes, it um, does. The Aboriginal, the Aboriginals. Yeah, absolutely. And and yes? you know, and and I still, and I still, you know. Every meeting as president of Professional Speakers Australia, we start off acknowledging the traditional owners of the land. Yes. Um, you know, and and we can't welcome people to the land because I'm not of Aboriginal descent, but we acknowledge the, the traditional owners of the land. Correct. And there are there are a number of people who who look at me strangely as an immigrant here from South Africa because that's become part of my, you know, my view of the world that we have to do that.
1: That's yeah no that's that's very common but you know what it was like in canada it was the first nations we're all immigrants they should just get over themselves this is what i always i say to them well some people um came on a boat you know re- like packed like sardines i flew your choice <laughs> yeah
0: i mean canada, that's how i got, got
1: here from the uk
0: <laughs> australia is a land of immigrants so you know of course. But that said, there is an acknowledgement that the that the the Aboriginal people were the First Nation here, you know, that they were here, you know, centuries before everyone else. Yes. But 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 it's it it's fascinating how it impacted. I mean, obviously, you know, the last few years and, and BLM have, have yes. highlighted a lot of the racial issues, particularly obviously in the US, but but you know, across the Western world, much more yes. specifically, you know. Um and it's good to see, you know. That that you know, and that hashtag jumped out at me because I thought I've never heard anyone describe racism as a mental health issue.
1: Yes, it's real. Okay,
0: Tommy, I have to also be real and watch the time. (laughs) And thank you, yeah, because you know, we found that over time, if we if we have very long episodes, people don't listen to them. And yes. so because we want to get a short, sharp message across to people, and if mm-hmm. they don't have the concentration, they're not going to listen to our episode on mental health. So we need them to be focused, the, the listeners. So thank okay. you very much for your time today. If people want to get hold of you, if people would like to to talk to you about anything that you do, how yes. is the best way to get hold of you?
1: Yeah, so definitely you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Dr. Tommy Mitchell, or Instagram at mental wellness coach underscore. But pretty much if you search Dr. Tommy Mitchell, I will pop up and you'll find me, whether it's Facebook, whether it's clubhouse, whatever app you choose. And then my website, of course, www.holistic with an H wellness So that's www.holisticwellnessstrategies.com.
0: Thank you very much. And I believe that you are, you know, launching a podcast. And so depending on people listen to this episode in October, 2021. And so if you are listening before that, then go and bookmark Dr. Tony, Tommy Mitchell on a LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, and you will find out when the episodes launch. If it's after that date, well, go and search on all the good media for the mental health and wellness podcast is that the right name
1: the mental health and wellness
0: show the well wellness show I yeah need one word out in that light
1: oh you did really well
0: thank you very much dr Tommy mitchell for joining us on the business excellence podcast today
1: it was my pleasure
0: this is rail bricker from perth western australia signing off for today's edition of the business excellence podcast with a reminder to pop along to excellencepodcast.com where you can find a whole lot of downloadable resources to help you on your journey to excellence in both business and in life.